reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, the headland of Pishgah, which faces Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead, and as far as Dan, all Naphtali, and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the Western Sea, the Negev, the circuit of the Jordan, and the lowlands at Jericho, city of Psalm, and as far as Zoar. The Lord then said to him, This is the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that I would give to their descendants. I have left you feast your eyes upon it, but you shall not cross over. So there in the land of Moab, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died as the Lord had said, and he was buried in the ravine opposite Beth Peor in the land of Moab. But to this day, no one knows the place of his burial. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Yet his eyes were undimmed and his vigor unabated. For 30 days, the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab till they had completed the period of grief and mourning for Moses. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, since Moses had laid his hands upon him. And so the children of Israel gave him their obedience, thus carrying out the Lord's command to Moses. Since then, no prophet has arisen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He had no equal in all the signs and wonders the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and against all his land. And for the might and the terrifying power that Moses exhibited in the sight of all Israel. Verbum Domini. Blessed be God, who filled my soul with fire. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing praise to the glory of his name. Proclaim his glorious praise. Say to God, how tremendous are your deeds. Come and see the works of God his tremendous deeds among the children of Adam. Bless our God, you peoples. Loudly sound his praise. Hear now all you who fear God, while I declare what he has done for me. When I appealed to him in words, praise was on the tip of my tongue.
reconciling the world to himself in Christ, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Mateum. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Verbum Domini. just mention briefly, if you ever get a chance to go to the kingdom of Jordan, there's a town called Madaba, where very famous for its mosaics, especially the oldest map in the world is there in the church of St. George. But you go just a little bit to the west, and this place described in today's reading is there. And in fact, there is the church of St. Moses that we don't have him on the Western calendar, but in the uh, Eastern part of the church, including the Latin, the, the Catholic, Latin Catholics and the other Eastern uh, Christians, the uh, feast, there's a feast for St. Moses. And this church of St. Moses uh, is very old. It goes back to the fourth century, and then was destroyed, and then the fifth century, and then the sixth century. So they kept rebuilding there uh, until finally it was destroyed. But now it's rebuilt by the Franciscans, and it does. It just as you see here, you can overlook into the Holy Land. It's it's on this. 
plateau, the Jordanian plateau overlooking uh, Jericho, the city of palms. You can see it because it's full of palm trees. They're right down below you in Dead Sea, and then you can look up the Jordan Valley to the north. If you want the view, though, go in the winter because in the summer it's too hazy. But it's this is something that is also important because Moses had, now again, he's 120. He'd been already walking with the Israelites to get them out of slavery and bringing them into the Sinai and giving them their freedom and bringing them to know our Lord and calling them to put the Lord God at the very center of their community. In fact, when you read the book of Numbers in particular, you see the way that the camp is organized is changed by Moses. Originally, the place where he met God was a tent, and it was outside the camp. After they get the Ten Commandments, Moses ordered them to put the tent of meeting and the Ark of the Covenant in the center of the tribes. The tribes were on four different directions surrounding it because the Lord God has to be the center. And he brought them then through the wilderness, led them through all kinds of dangers and such, but never got to the Holy Land until the transfiguration that was his first visit inside the land. And it was because of his own sin, like the others of his generation had sinned in, in different ways, and he didn't cross over, but he could see it. And that doesn't mean that he was a failure. Oh, he got, never got to cross over to the Jordan. That didn't matter. The work that God had given that he had done when he was mostly obedient, that work continues so that no matter how much the secular people of our world oppose it, the Ten Commandments is still there for us. We still have the law of God. We still have this history of Israel that really goes back to what Moses had done to radically bring them out of Egypt into their own land. And they had their troubles and struggles throughout their sins, and they write them down. But this is a key moment. And then we see the transition to Joshua, which will be the next book that comes after this. So this is a very important part. But we also see that the continuation of his work is in our Lord. Notice this line at the end. Uh, a lot of times it gets passed over, but since then, no prophet has arisen in Israel like Moses. This is obviously something written much later than Moses because they're talking about you know their own history in retrospect. So this is an addition to the book of Deuteronomy at a much later time. And they had no, never seen a prophet like Moses. What characterized being a prophet like Moses? 
It was seeing God face to face and living. The other prophets saw visions like Ezekiel. They heard the Lord's voice like Jeremiah. But no one saw God face to face like Moses until Jesus comes. This norm of being a prophet like Moses is set by Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 18, the same book, but a few chapters earlier, 16 chapters earlier. He promises, he gives a prophecy, there will be a prophet who will arise that is like me. But as you see here, they didn't see it in the Old Testament. No prophet was like him. That's why we see repeatedly in the New Testament that quote from Deuteronomy 18 about Jesus being a prophet. As a matter of fact, when the Father speaks to Jesus in the presence of Moses and Elijah at the transfiguration, the Father cites that verse when he says, listen to him. That is part of that same verse in chapter 18. So that the Father who appears there and speaks to Jesus is the one pointing Peter, James, and John to recognize that there is a prophet, that prophecy by Moses that there will be a prophet like me is now fulfilled in my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And this sets the stage for us to understand today's gospel and the rest of the gospel. Just as Our Lady had said at the wedding feast of Cana, do whatever he tells you. And then his father speaks at the transfiguration, listen to him. This is a command for us to take the gospel and listen and do whatever he tells us. His parents tell us that. And we are to take that to heart. In this case, we are dealing with a time and culture where people justify a lot of sins. We see even the government doesn't want to enforce drug regulations. Matter of fact, some of our local governments in particular, as well as the federal government, are not so good at supporting many of the commandments. The culture does not support the commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. Hollywood certainly promotes it. We don't see the government backing up the commandment, thou shalt not steal. As we see people robbing stores and not being charged and doing it again, they're giving up masks. The police have been noticing this. They're not even putting on masks. 
because nothing will happen to them. And they don't support thou shalt not murder, as we see not only with abortion and with euthanasia promoted by the government, then are we surprised when they don't prosecute people who murder adults? And they get let out on, not even bail, they're just let out, and then they repeat it. We should be alert that our task in this is not to say, oh my, oh my, what, it's all coming to an end. That's not our job. We're not chicken little. That's not in my Bible to be chicken little. We're to correct our society. We're to correct the wrong. This is what our Lord commands. If we're going to listen to him, we have to do that. Now, the re repost from so many people in our society is, well, don't judge me. This is a dodge. They're right. I can't judge them. I don't know if they're going to heaven or hell for this. That's not my call. Judgment of souls is a management issue, and God is management. But we do have an obligation to correct the sin. I cannot go through life saying that it's okay to sin. The sin is wrong. And we can't let somebody use one saying of our Lord not to judge, taking it out of context for a pretext of error, which is always why people take the Bible out of context. It's always for a pretext of error. And we can't let them use that to mute us when they're doing harm and injustice. And mostly, it's the poor that are suffering. There are a lot of folks who are rich that are suffering in this as well, especially store owners and such. But their workers are getting beating, beaten and sometimes killed, and they're not the rich. Oftentimes, the very wealthy can protect themselves, but not everybody can. And so we have to call out the wrongdoing. And this is one of the great things about a democratic republic, that we have a voice to correct wrongdoing. And we have to speak up and support the commandments. And notice, we cannot forget that not only was prayer taken out of school and reading scripture, but the Ten Commandments specifically were banned from schools and other public places by the Supreme Court in 1982. They banned it and then were surprised when the government doesn't uphold, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not murder, and need we even bring up bearing false witness, the lies and deception. We just saw 
a terrible lie. The Catholic news agency report, a lot of the secular news agencies don't bring this up, but the FBI has targeted Catholics who go to Latin Mass and saying that they're potential domestic terrorists. What are they doing? Sending secret messages to Julius Caesar to take over the government? Who are these fools at the leadership of the FBI? And they lied to us, saying it was just in Richmond. No, it's in Richmond. It's in Portland. It's in Los Angeles. And those are the ones we know about so far. Remember back in the time of President Obama, the National Guard in Pennsylvania was warned about Catholics, radical Catholics, in their classes. And so was the Homeland Security Department warning about Catholics that were against abortion. We have to correct these things. The lies by the director of the FBI about this and the fact that they're doing these things as false witness that goes against the commandment of God. And we have to stand up for God's commandments and correct. Now, we have to deal with our own sins. Our own sins have to be corrected. And we have to admonish one another to keep the commandments so that as Catholics, we give a good witness and we are ourselves living the commandments simply in listening to Jesus. This is his commandment. This is what the Father said to us. Listen to him. Do the commandments. But we also have to correct those infringements. As we have seen since 2020, over 300 Catholic churches have been desecrated, attacked, and some of them burned. And the government won't do anything about it. They won't investigate who's doing this. Is this a conspiracy? We have to correct them. We have to call them out. And I had said years ago that they were doing this to Jewish people. We have to make sure that, they, that the Jewish people are protected. Their synagogues, their schools, and their persons are protected. And do the same for ourselves. That these are the kinds of corrections we have to call people to obey. Today's the, also the memorial of Saint Stephen, the king of, and patron of Hungary. He was a king who established the church. He was a convert from paganism, and he built churches, six dioceses, one archdiocese, and some Benedictine monasteries to evangelize his people. And he also was able to get his now Catholic uh, subjects to tithe, to take care of the poor as well as the church. He wanted there to be a just society and a holy society. We have to correct those forces and stand in the gap. Sometimes it seems overwhelming and so many things are collapsing. It seems that way at times we're not careful. But it's not for us to fret is for us to obey Christ and his law and his commandments and to call the rest of society to the same love of Jesus and listening to him 
This is the task that we have. We do it with our children so that they're ingrained with it. And we don't say, well, maybe there's another opinion about that, you know, abortion or something. No, there isn't. You, you give way on something like abortion. What stops you from being against killing other people? Nothing. Nothing. Well, I don't like it, but you have no principle. You obey the principles God lays down, listening to him and obeying him. This is what our Lord Jesus calls us to. And in that way, we continue the work that Moses had begun.